Hello, this is Ruslan Malinovsky. Hello, this is Roman Yeremchuk. Hello, I'm Sergey Rebro. And you're listening to Ukraine Post Football. And welcome to another episode of Ukraine Plus Football. In a week where Ukraine begins its stage two offensive in the east of the country, we're looking forward to the season finishing across the footballing calendar in both Ukraine, Europe and elsewhere. It's been a bit of a delay since our last episode uh, due to issues around the war affecting some of our recording. But hey-ho, we're here and we're looking forward to discussing something away from the tragedies and sadness that we hear every day. Anyway, I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts. Ray, how are you? How is Kiev doing? Hello, Andrew. Pleasure to be here as always. Uh, well, yeah, here, in here, we're witnessing some uh, tragedies, of course, but apart from that, the whole world is uh, on the lookout and its support is... Uh, significant during football matches anything uh, the um, you know it all i don't have to <laughs> repeat it altogether just have to say that um, yeah last time we need to, we plan to record this session uh, there was the third time my neighborhood has been bombed in kiev and you know every time you survive these bombings it's like a final of the champions league and we know it's upcoming now in uh, this season and well we're going to see an epic final but for us, it's been much more frequent and local. So up to the point, we are going to talk about football today and how Ukraine is involved. And that's exciting, apart from everything else. So good to be here. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Adam, he's currently in Luxembourg, settling in over there in the land of uh, Gerson Rodriguez and the Tills. How are you doing, Adam? Doing well, thank you, mate. It's, uh, it's nice to be back again. Yeah, settling in here. Very interesting footballing culture in Luxembourg. I, like when I arrived, I was surprised by the huge Portuguese community, which um, is in the country. I didn't realise as well, it was a bit embarrassing today. I was talking to a Luxembourg international and he reminded me that the under-17s qualified for the final of the European Championships, which is taking place at the moment as well. So... Yeah, it's it's a bizarre little country, but the support for Ukrainians here has been immense. As you know, I'm here working with the Ukrainian children that have been invited into the state schools and going away from football for a second. Like children are getting like one adult, three children have been hired by the Luxembourg government to support Ukrainians who are settling in following uh, the war which is absolutely immense. It's great to see. But on to more important things tonight, which is football. And it's great to be back. Absolutely. And obviously, we always like to have a guest on the show. And this week, we've got a special guest. He joins us from Poznan, out in Poland. Mikita Dmitrin, sport arena journalist and YouTuber, is here. How are you? And what have you been up to since the 24th of February, Mikita? 
Hi guys, uh, now I'm in Poznan, in Poland. Um, I'm fine. Um, it's happened 24 February. I go to. I went to my friend's uh, birthday in Poland, and uh, it was lucky. To I was lucky, and now my sister with me in Poland. Uh, uh, my family, my parents. Um, Uh, good. Uh, they live the Kiev uh, Oblast uh, near the Irpin uh, before the Russian troops um, go here. But um, uh, they killed uh, four my neighbors and um, they live in my house. Um, they stole the, uh, my mother's sneakers, uh, the t-shirt of Rivaldo, Varonin, Uh, but uh, the t-shirt of Yapstam we found uh, in uh, near the uh, our house in the forest. So I think it's a very <laughs> good uh, t-shirt in uh, our collection. Um, but uh, the main is uh, that all of my family and um, our friends are still alive. I think it's the main. I think for all of us, that's that's the most important thing in in these times. I hope Yapstam listens to this story one day, though I really do. It'll be uh, wonderful. Anyone listening, make sure he knows Yapstam. Send it to him, tag him in it. It's it's a must. Yeah, we're recording this after one of those incredible European nights uh, last night. It was so good, I missed it. So I'm going to ask uh, Ray all about it. Ray, you seem to enjoy yourself yesterday evening, but putting our Ukrainian hats on for one second, is it going to benefit Zinchenko uh, having gone through that experience compared to the one he went through last year, losing the final? Well, yeah, I remember that uh, last season uh, he actually participated in the decisive goal in the final and that was uh, a backlash to him because uh, after he scored to sweden on euros he celebrated as shush everybody well you remember that but now yeah well it's it's a completely different story and uh, for him he's going as andrew note noted yesterday he is going to show up in the national camp earlier which is a good thing but apart from that Well, it's about the club, isn't it? And uh, he's not to blame here. He did his best in the first game and um, he benefited in terms of experience. Uh, whether he needs to leave or not is the question. And uh, that's something I'm not to judge. Overall, that was a magic night, just like in the childhood and a great um, great timing as well for such games. That's for sure. There's there's a lot of rumors doing the rounds that uh, Zbina are going to try and arrange a friendly against Man City now. And uh, Andrew, do you think it's going to get more legs with the fact that City have got that little space opened up in the window at the moment? Is it the sort of game that will be beneficial for Zbina? going into the, the Scotland game at the start of June? Well, I think it's definitely opened the, the possibility of the match happening a lot more than it did prior. So I think a few weeks ago, we mentioned in the last episode that um, Zinchenko's rights manager was discussing something about a potential friendly between England or Man City before the Scotland game. And it was basically, where are we going to fit this in the calendar? It's going to be very difficult to do that. So... 
now that City are out of the Champions League and the official Premier League season ends on the 22nd of May, that means there's a whole week and a half, 10 days before the actual Scotland game. So potentially some point in either in midweek before that game kicks off or the weekend before, just before we might see something. I don't think it'll be anything too serious. Like I'm pretty sure that some of the City players, similar to the Dortmund game, which we'll discuss in a bit, when Dynamo played them, a lot of players will be rested. They might play out some of their youngsters and all that kind of stuff. But I think it'll be a nice show of unity and support for their own player um, and obviously for Ukraine as a whole. But obviously this is not confirmed in the slightest or any, I don't even think there's been any legs to it. However, the only thing is, is that Andriy Pavelko, UAF president, has said that on top of the Borussia Mönchengladbach friendly that Ukraine will be facing next week, there will be three or four more games minimum. And none of those other opponents have been announced or anything official, albeit some rumours in France um, saying that potentially Democratic Republic of Congo might be playing some sort of friendly against Ukraine. Not sure if that's got any legs either, but um, we await to see. That would be an interesting one, definitely. I mean, Mickey, what was your take on, on the game last night and sort of the impact for Zinchenko going into the uh, this, this busy month? I think it's not good that uh, when Zina come on the pitch, <laughs> Real scored three goals. It's not very good uh, for <laughs> Zina, but um, uh, <laughs> what can I say? It's shock uh, about uh, Grealish, about Hala Madrid, his tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, the whole, whole world now read uh, that. Uh, um, Lunin, uh, it's a uh, fourth Ukrainian which played in the uh, final in Champions League. But uh, we all know that Anatoly Timoshuk is not Ukrainian player. <laughs> so so uh, Lunin is only third player which played in final. And um, as for me, uh, I am a supporter of uh, Liverpool. Uh, and Man City too, not uh, Real Madrid. And uh, for me, it's difficult uh, in the final to support Real. But um, I support uh, personally Lunin if he played. But uh, I think uh, he don't play in the start on this game. But we believe. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, I think Lunin's played like four games for Real Madrid over the past two seasons. So unless there's some miracle or some sort of unfortunate injury that happens to Courtois in the next two weeks or three, then I'm sure he'll be sadly on the bench still. And maybe after the Champions League win, he can move on to a better club where he will be played more because, you know, what, what else is there to do at Real Madrid other than sitting on the bench? Anyway, I think this is sort of quite a nice segment discussing some of the Man City friendlies, potential and Zbirna stuff into the Ukrainian club friendlies that have unofficially officially rounded off their May April tours uh, Dynamo Kiev finished it yesterday with a 3-2 win against Basel um, me and Mitrola were in Dortmund for the famous 3-2 win against uh, Dortmund last week too and then a few days later Dynamo Zagreb uh, drew 2-2 with Dynamo and then on top of that, um, we've also had 
Shakhtar has rounded off their tour officially. Uh, I think they played against Hajduk and they uh, won 3-2 going on there. But there was slightly less interest in their matches just because I think they've been playing a lot of youngsters in recent games. They've been playing a few of the Mariupol lot. And on the whole, their Zbirna contingent, you could say, hasn't been as engaging as maybe Dinamo, who have got a lot more players and probably a lot more players who could potentially be moving on in the summer. Uh, one thing I probably do want to touch on is that Dinamo's friendly calendar hasn't officially ended yet. So apparently they're going to be playing against Flora Tallinn in Estonia next week with the remainder of the squad that hasn't gone to Zbirna. So, I mean, the likes of Denis Boyko, Kravchenko, um, Sirota, any others there who, who aren't in the Ukraine team. Um, they will be playing with some of the under-19s who've been upgraded, uh, brought up to the squad. And, you know, they'll be getting a bit of game time before the end of the season. And as I think what will be the case is once the summer kicks in, even though we're expecting some exits, what's going on everywhere, there's going to be a lot more matches for Dinamo and Shakhtar against probably some of the better sides that they had uh, so-called hoped to play you know the likes of your PSG Barcelona maybe some of those British sides that we've really been hoping to see get a bit of connection there get some of those fundraising going but yeah um, on the whole I think they've been a success in preparing the players for Zbirna the big ones and maybe shining a light on some of the players that we haven't seen so much um, I know that Ray's actually been watching a lot of the matches as well. Um, who do you think's really impressed um, from the games, either on Shakhtar or Dynamo's side? Well, the fact is they uh, encouraged uh, so many Ukrainians to play in the matches. Well, Vanad definitely made a difference, but I don't think he's going to be called up. And I, I really don't think he's going to start any further rather than these charity matches. I mean, as the future is quite vague for both of the clubs, and as, he, as you said, Andrew, that ex Exodus is quite possible, but uh, overall, I mean, these are not the clubs we should be um, uh, thanking or considering uh, bringing the youth to the uh, uh, highest highs, so to speak. And uh, hence, uh, well, it's a good moment for them, but uh, rather than joining some sides in uh, European champions like uh, championships like I don't know, Slovenia, Slovakia, or anything else, there's not many possibilities for them to shine in uh, Dynamo uh, nor Shakhtar. Uh, of course, in terms of Shakhtar, we need to discuss Mudrik's future and uh, his appearance in top leagues. But apart from that, um, I really cannot recall anyone in particular from uh, Shakhtar youngsters. It, most of them, as we know, have already departed, like uh, Yunik joined Zurich for some time. Um, Sudakov still staying, but um, in terms of managerial aspect of uh, Donetsk team, uh, it's hard to predict anything. But so far, uh, well, at what cost do we have to discuss the uh, progress of youth from Dynamo, you know, we never discussed it ever before. Even the players who they signed from UPL, like Antuk and Kulic, they were rarely mentioned by anyone. 
And now we're discussing the Dynamo youth who finally got a chance after all these successes on U19 and U21 level. I mean, it's rhetorical. An interesting one for sure. Uh, obviously, Mitrola was with me in Dortmund. Did anyone in that particular match, which you could say was seen as a shop window game for some of Dynamo's best players to show themselves and who could possibly buy them in the summer. I know there's been a lot of uh, what you could say moral questioning about whether players should be leaving and joining other clubs and all that kind of stuff. But I think we're not going to get too bogged down in that right now. Um, who do you think has actually impressed you the most? And who do you think will make those big moves in the Dynamo team in particular? Mm. Uh, I can. I think uh, that uh, many uh, many clubs uh, which want to buy our players can easily manipulate uh, our clubs uh, to reduce the prices on players because now it's war and they can say this is your last chance to to sold the player and um, if we say about the Dynamo players, I think um, Bushan. Um, is, uh, will leave the Dynamo because um, uh, they show uh, his potential before the war and now in these games um, he was one of the best on the pitch and I think uh, the, maybe Fenerbahce <laughs> as we know can uh, buy him maybe by 5-6 millions it's real uh, I don't think uh, that uh, Fenerbahce can be can give uh, more for 29 yeah, uh, years old uh, goalkeeper. As um, other, I think Zabarni, Shaparenko, Sihankov, and uh, Dobik, uh, which uh, train uh, trains with, with Dynamo. I think this player, uh, Dynamo can uh, solve in this summer because it's real and um, maybe before the war uh, Shaparenko um, Dynamo can sold uh, for 30 millions I think now uh, 15 is, uh, is uh, very good Sihankov too and Zabarni too I think um, the clubs uh, can <laughs> can't uh, um, take more money for these players because war and uh, as I say they can manipulate this um, about Dobik uh, I heard uh, that Torino is very close very close now negotiations about Dobik not um, so clear but very close yeah, I've, I've also seen a lot of discussion about how the players are are going to be available at uh, at reduced prices, and I'm going to I'm going to look at it from the other side and say this is this could actually be an opportunity for these players to get moves um, into into the bigger leagues, and we don't know what the standard of competition is going to be like when when Ukrainian football returns. So it's it's an opportunity if we if we look at the national team to to help raise the standard of of Ukrainian player going into the next into the World Cup and the European tournaments afterwards. It's going to be a very busy 
busy summer, I think there's going to be a lot of speculation in the in across the media, and uh, the rumor mill will certainly be running as quickly as all the agents will be around Europe over over the next few months. I mean, let's focus in on that Dortmund game. What what was the actual experience like as you two were in the stadium? What was it like there that day? I think it was an example of how these matches should be showcased, essentially. You had big crowds. I think it was 35,000. Uh, you had great atmosphere in terms of, obviously, the local fans were there. And then there was a load of Ukrainians that live in and around Dortmund. I don't know how many refugees were, the, were in attendance, but I know a certain big amount of Ukrainian diaspora were involved uh, watching and supporting, etc. There were points in the game when you thought, is this a home game for Dynamo? Because of how much, you know, there was Dynamo chance and Ukraine and all this kind of stuff. Um, on top of that, it was, it was you know, German efficiency, you could say. They had uh, a good show. Jamala did a very emotional piece, uh, singing her 1944 and then Ave Maria at half time. It was all sort of in good taste. And there was good competition on the pitch. Uh, you could say that Dortmund respected the spectacle by letting Haaland and Marco Royce start. And then throughout the game, they sort of switched it in and out with players such as uh, Emre Chan was coming on, Akanji, Zagadou, all of these players that do start for their uh, first team, other than Bellingham, who wasn't involved. I think a few people were a bit upset about that. But, you know, you, you, you get over it. Um, but yeah, it, it was good fun. And the fact that Dinamo actually played so well I think took more people off guard because people were expecting that Borussia were going to play, that Dortmund were going to play a very weakened team and it was going to be something like a bit of a, a show, like nothing, nothing very interesting. But, you know, they gave it to them. Um, Bujalski impressed me as per usual. I think he's been one of Dynamo's standout players. Obviously on the older bit of the spectrum in terms of some of the players that could be on a move in the summer, but I wouldn't rule him going somewhere as well. And also a big performance, I think, from uh, Dennis Popov, who not only against Dortmund, but he also played quite well against Basel the other day too. And I think he seems to be the most confident and accomplished defender in that Dynamo team. And I'm pretty certain that he'll probably find a big club looking for him too, because you want someone like that, you know, a big, aggressive um, sort of a guy who's ready to put in the challenges. And it seems that he's, maybe it's just the nature of the matches where they're not got much on the line or anything like that, but he's slightly mellowed out. He's not going in for stupid rash challenges and all that kind of stuff. Obviously the context of the game could have a, could have a response to that, but even or. Although I think um, uh, Dmitrula can say that some of the players mentioned that they thought it was a bit of an easy game. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I speak uh, with some players. Uh, they think uh, that uh, 
um, Borussia don't play <laughs> this evening. Um, but um, as you say about these games, I speak with um, militaries uh, which defending Ukraine. They said that uh, we need these games uh, because maybe on uh, 90 uh, minutes we forget about the war. Uh, we forget about these bombs, about uh, military, and uh, we can uh, enjoy the football. And um, I, uh, I think it's the main, because uh, it's um, very, it's helped uh, to the people. It's not about money, but uh, Dynamo earns um, more than 20 million grimness on this game, but it's not main. Uh, I see, I, as I know, many volunteers in Ukraine earned uh, the million in the, for the day. Uh, it's not uh, the main in this history. And uh, of course, uh, the remind uh, to the Europe and world about, about uh, the war in Ukraine. It's uh, main now. And uh, about the games, as I know, as we know, uh, in Estonia it will be the last game. But uh, as I heard, uh, Dynamo make negotiations uh, with clubs in uh, Bulgaria, Czech Republic, and uh, maybe in Lithuania uh, about uh, the game. But it's not unclear. It's only only hers. And. Um, as we say about uh, haters uh, which said uh, that Dynamo uh, announced uh, the games uh, against PSG, Barcelona, Juventus, uh, um, you need to understand uh, Dynamo, <laughs> Borussia Dortmund agree uh, because uh, they left in uh, Europa League, in uh, Euro Cups, uh, they have not goals in Bundesliga, and they agree to play. Um, PSG uh, is a surprise for me because they won the champions. Uh, uh, they have not uh, Euro Cups. Uh, I think it's uh, is this is uh, the position of club not to play this game. Uh, but PSG, uh, Juventus have goals in championship in Italy, and Barcelona have uh, goals. Uh, Real Madrid uh, in Champions League now play. Um, this is not the problem only of Dynamo Kyiv. They really, as I know, uh, told with the, these clubs, and I, I told with players, they say for me that uh, they see uh, the dialogues uh, from the director of Dynamo with these clubs. And these clubs agree to play with Dynamo, but um, only in dialogues in WhatsApp. Who knows what the summer will bring? Who knows? <laughs> it's going to be July, August. There could be some great games to watch. And as you said quite rightly there, Makita, that... Uh, for 90 minutes, we forget about everything else and we go back to the football. I know our podcast chat has been just, it's been football talk every time. And it's, 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 it's great to see, even if I'm not watching the game, Ray, and I do apologise. <laughs> the football in Ukraine, you know, last time we recorded, we were discussing what may happen with the leagues. Now, the leagues have been decided. The UPL... Amara Andrew, they settled on the positions as of the end or the middle of December when they broke for winter break. But if my understanding is correct, Shakhtar aren't officially declared champions 
of the league. The league is, was the league voided and the positions have been kept or the league has just been finished? Yeah, I think prematurely finished. No winners, no one getting any prizes or anything like that. Shakhtar technically aren't champions, but they finished in first place. Everything to make sure just that if there are European competitions with Ukrainian teams competing next season, those clubs can get in there. And I think it was a unanimous agreement from all clubs, including the Dynamo Kiev, who probably would have been the main opponents, you could say, you know, for having to miss out on the Champions League group stages as it is now. Uh, on the basis of two points and some clubs in the league somewhere not playing each other at least once and all this complications. But I think on the whole, no one's got many complaints or any complaints really about how they finished. So as, as, as we stand, Shakhtar now will go to the group stage uh, because of the quite right and just decision by UEFA. Um, Dinamo will go into the second qualifying round of the uh, the league position, Rubens League, the Nipro will one will go into playoffs of the Europa League. And then with Vorskla and Zoria going into the Conference uh, League next year. The announced just before, well, I think it was announced earlier today, but we noticed just before time of recording here that the PFL have also shut down and settled their leagues today with the positions as of the end of November taking uh, place. They haven't decided yet what will happen with the team's movement between the first and the second divisions. But what they have said is they will apply to the UPL to, to try and make Metalist and Krivbas promote upwards, but also for potentially Obelon and Allianz as third and fourth place finishers as well to go up, even if the UPL do not want to relegate. We obviously, we've discussed in the past here what the future may hold for clubs in the UPL and the PFL, but at this stage, we do not know what will happen. Um, what the PFL have announced is that all of the teams in the league this season are intending to start the next season as it stands when the war is won um but that's it for domestic football back onto the international scene there's a rather important game coming up uh in a, in a few weeks time isn't there andrew what's the latest news from the camp so we're recording this on a thursday evening and just as we're recording the Dynamo Kiev players that have arrived at the camp in Slovenia, UEFA president uh, Alexander Seferin has helped organise for UAF. So on top of uh, the Shakhtar players that had already arrived and then a few of the other domestic-based players who had stayed in Ukraine for the whole duration of the war up until uh, early this week. So you have um, Oleksiy Hutsuliak, you also have got Alexander Pichalionok, uh, Dmitro Rizny, and uh, Sibi And those four players have joined with the Shakhtar players who joined in after their game with Hajduk. And I think now that all the Dynamo players have arrived and Dovbik, they'll be able to properly prepare, well, as best as they can for the Scotland game. 
Obviously, we're still waiting on a number of players that play for foreign clubs and they're going to start feeding in over the next couple of weeks. I think the very earliest that leagues finish in Europe is like the 14th, 15th of May. So the players such as Roman Yaremchuk, um, Italy, Italian players Kovalenko, um, Malinovsky, uh, Ferenc Varos, Zubkov and many others will start joining once that happens. Albeit officially, none of these foreign players per se have been officially announced as who's going to be linking up. It's just those domestic players. So we wait and see um, until that happens. However, uh, first of all, we've got our first friendly that we've already mentioned earlier uh, that Ukraine will be playing. It will be one of those weird club versus country friendlies where Borussia Mönchengladbach will be hosting Ukraine at Borussia Park next Wednesday. Um, it will be a first sort of gauge of how Ukraine are in a position, you know, physicality, fitness, how they're looking in general, because they haven't played since last November. and. You know, that obviously is a big issue because a lot of the other national teams had their um, March international break. Obviously, Ukraine couldn't have that. Uh, obviously, they've got this whole month now, which people could say is a positive, is a negative. We saw how last summer, uh, before the Euros, they had a month preparation. And did it help with much here and there? Um, did it tire people out? Some people in the national team setup said it actually didn't have much impact in terms of uh, fitness, uh, like making the players feel less fit and all that kind of stuff. But in general, it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm sure there will be another few friendlies, as we've already mentioned, coming up that are still uh, TBC. And obviously on top of the Scotland match, there's not only Scotland, there's potential playing against Wales and then three Nations League matches on top of that as well. So you've got Ireland, Armenia, and then Ireland again. So it's going to be a very busy uh, month and a half, you could say, for Zbirna. How much value will be on the Nations League games, though, after Scotland and Wales are going to be there? (laughs) Is, is, Is where it all matters. Come on, be honest. Of course, of course. But I mean, depending on how those results go, it could end up being a bit more important than you think. And especially with the fact that where you finish in the Nations League, you can end up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and by ending up in the playoffs, you can get an extra shot at Euro uh, 2024 qualification, which, you know, you can't rule out Ukraine not needing. And Mikita, obviously, Andrew mentioned the, the, the guys who are playing in the, the foreign leagues already. Who's been impressing you from the national team over the last few months from, from the guys who play outside of Ukraine? Uh, Mikolenko, <laughs> the best player of Everton <laughs> in uh, April. Yeah, Alexander Petrakov is waiting for uh, these players from Europe, all these players, because uh, they have the best uh, conditionals. They play all this time uh, after the war uh, began. And um, Andrew said right that um, now all things about uh, uh, about the game of Scotland because uh, today uh, before the our uh, uh, ether I sp- uh, write the Alexander Petrakov um, a message 
to make uh, an interview with him in uh, Gladbach and uh, he <laughs> his answer was it's very, I'm very busy now it's not uh, not time to speak after the game we after the war we speak about all oh, with you <laughs> now it's not time to speak having information that uh, Andrei Pavelko um, will not arrive on this game. He will be in Ukraine and uh, help uh, the humanitarian. And um, <laughs> about the players, um, uh, as I know, as uh, I read an interview of Stepanenko, he said this um, charity games, uh, uh, the physical conditions of the players now um, not so bad, um, and uh, as I see on Dynamo plays, as we with Andrew uh, on the uh, Signal Duna Park, Dynamo physical conditions is very good, uh, as uh, as I see, but it's not uh, <laughs> clear. <laughs> Everton fans, we must apologise. We asked you to wait until the summer to see the best of Mikolenko. He proved us wrong. He has stepped up to the plate beforehand, and I hope you're appreciating it as much as we are. But, Ray, apart from Mikolenko, who else has stood out to you, mate, over the last uh, few months? Well, I've been hearing a lot of Talavera and Kacharaba in Slavia. Um, I'm not sure if the Czech, Czech Championship has already finished, but, yeah, they are, they've been proving themselves good. Also, Gnatenko has been playing for Bordeaux, uh, apart from starting as a typical uh, pitbull in his first games, as you remember from Red Cards. Then he, afterwards, he realized that that's no UPL refereeing anymore. And he formed quite a good du duo with um, uh, an African guy in Bordeaux. I forgot his last name. Anyhow, uh, good way to have the best of hopes for our guys in Europe. Uh, it all matters if they are going to stay there. Because as we know, most of them are loaned out. And now it's about, it's for the clubs to decide what's going to happen to them. Thank you. Andrew, you've been, uh, you seem to have been watching a lot of the EPL over the last few weeks following your Twitter feed. I mean, obviously we spoke about Mikolenko, Zinchenko, Yarmolenko. What's their form been like? Here and there, Zinchenko has been playing quite well when he has got the odd start for City, which is always good, but it, it's still, you know, a bit of a roller coaster whether he starts or not. Uh, so we'll see how that continues towards the end of the season, and you know, it will still raise the question once again whether he needs to find uh, somewhere else where he can get a permanent place in the starting eleven, or as good as can be compared to sort of this um, undetermined nature from Pep Guardiola, who likes to. Uh, do experiments every now and then. Uh, elsewhere, well, Yarmolenko, he's been playing okay. Uh, he's not done too much since uh, his great comeback when he was scoring a few goals off the bench. He's had a few starts. He played okay against Chelsea um, a few weeks ago, had a few good chances, wasn't able to finish them. And then he's come on for uh, the last few minutes against teams like Arsenal. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And I think... On the whole, as Yermonko, I think, mentioned in an interview that he did a few weeks ago, that he's unlikely to be staying on at West Ham uh, following his contract expiration. Because obviously he's, I think, one of the best played players at the club. He doesn't start hardly any games. Where will he end up next? 
big question. Obviously, there's always been the rumours of Turkey, maybe somewhere like MLS. Who knows? But uh, I think that will be it'll be an interesting summer for some of those players that aren't necessarily based in Ukraine at the moment, but have got those contracts coming up, may need to move somewhere else too. So action packed <laughs> in, in the coming months for sure. By the way, hasn't Kuchirawi won some silverware in Scotland? Do you think he's coming back to St. Johnston? Yes, actually, that is a good note. He uh, won League Two. He scored the winner for Kelty Hearts when they won the league. And yeah, apparently he's returning to St. Johnston. Albeit, I think St. Johnston are in a relegation battle in the Scottish Premiership. So if they get relegated, he might be in the Scottish Championship or maybe he might get a move somewhere else because I think <laughs> he's impressed quite a lot. And he's one of the few Ukrainian players, you could say, who is, um had quite a very pro-Ukrainian position. I mean, even outside of your usual uh, Ukrainian flags and all that kind of stuff, he's quite opposed to the likes of people sharing um, Dud stuff, uh, Oleg Tinkov, and all this other Russian guys who want to reimagine themselves. So fair credit to him. Um, one of the few, sadly, for the time being, but hopefully with time that will shift to a more mainstream idea for Ukrainian sportsmen. It may actually be to his benefit if St. Johnson get relegated uh, this season and they they start to rebrand themselves as a club. Um, guys, one last question before we move on, though. The form of Malinovsky and Yarmchuk is cause for concern there. Andrew, come to you first. Yadimchuk, probably, yes. He's not been starting many games. He's been coming off the bench a few times. I think he's on a bit of a gold route. Not ideal when uh, he's obviously Ukraine's starting striker. Maybe there might be a toss-up between him and Dovbik. Or even Besedin, who is back in the Ukraine camp. So uh, uh, we'll see. And he did... Besedin was, you know, uncharacteristically looking good in some of those early games. But like we've mentioned... We don't know the intensity of these unofficial matches. We don't know how good the sides they're facing are and all that kind of stuff. Malinovsky, um, I think I'll let uh, Dmitrilo go on to that one. What do you think? How do you think he's been playing recently? Uh, I think that all we need is Junior Moraes. <laughs> he's the best uh, conditioners all the time of his career. We need them. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> um, as um, your question, I think the um, very interesting um, in this uh, question that uh, all players uh, which play abroad, um, um, not uh, Mikolenko, uh, they played in attack. And uh, this is uh, very good for us because the, these players um, attacking and uh, now they're in the best uh, conditional. And uh, the defenders and our goalkeeper uh, from uh, Ukrainian championship. And um, I think uh, historically for our, our national team is easy to defend. As an attack, <laughs> and uh, now this is good. I think um, that all players, uh, the main players, are um, playing uh, in uh, abroad in the Europa League uh, for us. Uh, and uh, Malinovsky, as we said, uh, he's one of the best uh, in winter spring time in Syria. Uh, he scored uh, many goals, many assists, and um, now. 
uh, it's time to show Yermolenko um, show on uh, Euro, you know, on last Euro that uh, he is the uh, best player in our national team, and now it's time to show too. And uh, as uh, say Igor Haratin uh, to me, we make an interview with him. Uh, all the world now supports the Ukraine. All the world, and uh, I think it's very good because uh, in Scotland, uh, I think um, the many supporters are shouting Ukraine, Ukraine, and uh, it's a big motivation uh, for us. <laughs> this is also the big motivation to support our land, uh, our militaries, because uh, as Artem Fedetsky said, uh, that many militaries uh, ride him. Uh, to, um, this is a game against Scotland is very very important uh, for uh, Ukraine for all people and uh, the win in this game will support uh, the nation on a very big level yeah very wise words thank you for those so for people who don't know where to follow you Makita where's the best place to follow you on social media your YouTube channel would you like to share the links for those for people now? I think in Instagram, uh, in my Instagram and uh, YouTube channel Sport Arena is the best choice thank now. <laughs> thank Maybe you. Facebook. <laughs> well, as I say, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been great to get your insight into it and wish okay. you uh, best of luck with everything and safe journey back to Ukraine when you travel back soon. Andrew, it's been a great episode. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as me. What have you got planned over the next weeks? Yeah, probably a busy one. Hoping to try and make as many of those pre-match friendlies as we can. And then obviously the big games in June, which will be taking up some time. But yeah, uh, even maybe try and make Slovenia at some point if I can, just to see some of the training sessions. But that will all depend on time permitting and right conditions but yeah i just like to say everyone keep supporting ukraine keep posting about it keep donating if you can and um assist in helping ukraine win this war right final words to you tonight stay classy so celebrate life support ukraine praise lord and heavy ammunition very well said ever i go to work these days the words of stakovsky just ring in my head whatever we do we make sure ukrainian culture sings loud and proud everywhere we go and they're the words that I take with me every single day. And till the next time we join, join you people, take care, stay safe. Slava Ukraina. Goodbye for now.